Welcome back to another episode of Season 2 of the Your Project Shepherd podcast. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Lawson of Shepherd Construction Advisors. And if you've listened to us before, you've heard me say this, and it's worth repeating. We teach that every successful project has four key components, which are represented by this simple child's drawing of a house. Those of you who are watching the video can see it right there. Those of you listening will just have to imagine this. The foundation is planning. The left wall is your team. The right wall is communication. And the roof protecting it all is proper execution. Have all those components in place and your project will succeed. In season two, we're talking about what does it cost? And I'm trying to bring on guests to talk about things that people ask us when they place that first phone call to to discuss a project. So today we're going to talk bathroom remodeling. And for that, I'm joined by Kelly Kirk of Graymark Construction from here in Houston. Uh, Graymark is a design build remodeler. They are one of the few woman owned and operated companies out there. And let me tell you, they have won all kinds of awards. Uh, You should go to their website and check out the list of all the stuff that they've won. And they're one of those companies that I tell people to call if they reach out to us and it's not something that we can take on here at Crafted. Or if I'm consulting with Shepard, they're always on my referral list. Um, I met Kelly through the GHBA, which is the Greater Houston Builders Association, where she is now, I think as of today, the president of the Remodelers Council. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about Graymark, um, kind of your history, how long you've been, been in business and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, so Graymark was started by my mother in uh, a little bit of contention about the exact start date. Sometime between like 92, 94, uh, she started it. She used to do uh, real estate and this was kind of a natural extension. So uh, she got started with it and I joined the team in 2018 officially. Uh, but I worked for her all the time growing up. Uh, I used to sit for her permits, <laughs> you know, uh, sit for the inspectors. Uh, you know, I would I would do all of that, uh, clean the job sites. So I, it's always kind of been in my blood. Um, but I've I've always loved it. I just had to uh, had to have a little a little experience beforehand to, to join back the team. What did you do before you rejoined the Gray Mark? Uh, so I've got uh, two past lives. One is a CPA, so I'm a certified public accountant. I did the audit track, so if you have a tax question, do not ask me. I'm not your girl. <laughs> um, but audit, uh, so financial statements kind of plays into this pretty well. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I did was wealth management for a couple of years. Awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about, about bathrooms. Yeah, let's do it. So I think the days of a $10,000 or $15,000 bathroom remodel are probably long gone. I, I think you're right. You know, for, for a long time, kind of that common strategy, though, has been, hey, let's go get three free estimates from contractors before you hire somebody. Um, so talk to us about that. You know, uh, I think especially with remodeling, this has kind of been the way people do it forever. But talk to us about that. And what's a better way to do that. Absolutely. So that is kind of the thing that people do is, is everyone tells you get three estimates, get three estimates, get three estimates. And for something that's a single trade discipline, uh, a roof estimate. Absolutely. That still makes sense. Anything where you're involving multiple trades though, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to come up with different, um, different pricing on the spot, especially when somebody, you know, you're walking in their space and they say, what does it cost to do this? Here's my wish list," And you're like, okay, are you picking $5 a square foot tile? I mean, I've installed $175 a square foot tile. What are we doing? 
Are we doing, uh, you know, moving around of walls? What's behind those walls? What's on the other side? What are we affecting there? What are we talking about for flooring? What are we talking about for moving plumbing? What's it going to take? The You know, are we on a second floor? Which way are your joists running? And there's so many different things that when you're put on the spot, it's like, I, I have a hard time coming up with a number right then and there. What a better way to do is to really think about vetting those companies beforehand. I'm going to talk to three different companies. Great. I think that's a good strategy. Maybe not get three estimates because it's just so hard to compare apples to apples. And everyone's way of coming up with a number is going to be totally different. But maybe what you do is you vet those three companies and you meet with them and you say, okay, I'm going to pick from this list of three trusted companies and I'm going to meet with them. And whoever I work with the best, whoever I feel like listens to me, who really understands me, who gets me, that's the company I should go with. I mean, whatever you're doing, bathrooms are stressful. They're, I mean, any construction is stressful, but bathrooms I find are, they're some of the most stressful because you think, okay, this is going to be fast. It's not going to be too painful, but no, they can be very painful. <laughs> and a lot of times it's like while you're living in the house, that's being oh, done. Yeah. Whereas like bigger, bigger projects, maybe you're moved out of the house and so you're like, you're removed from it. But bathrooms, sometimes we're working on the bathroom, your bed's 10 feet away. I I ask people to move out of their bedroom, but, uh, but still, I mean, it's one of those. Sometimes they can't. <laughs> Sometimes they can't. And then, you know, you just got to do a workaround. I mean, but it's, it's dusty. It's noisy. You're living through it. You're, you're seeing the people every day. And while, you know, all of our tradespeople are nice, I know I myself don't like people coming through my house all of the time. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a natural part of, of being private people. You know, that's most of us don't like people going through your house all the time. And so it can be very stressful. So it's finding that person that you really want to be in the trenches with. We we like to joke that it's um it's almost like a marriage where you really want to find that perfect partner for you. And and I'm very honest with people where I say if I'm not that person, if I'm not giving you the warm fuzzies, please don't talk to me. And I like to ask people, you know, who else are you talking to? It's nice to know, but also I have a lot of peers in this city that I think do fantastic work and the way that they work personality wise, it's just a little bit different for me. I, um, I joke that I'm construction with a side of therapy. You don't want to talk <laughs> about feelings again. I'm not your girl. Like I'm, we, we like to get into it talk about, talk about how you're feeling through the process. Talk about that kind of thing, you know, in, envisioning what your, your space is going to look like. And, and that's not for everybody. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, is this the right personality fit to, I mean, yeah. honestly for me, it's, it's more about personality. Like you said, there's I mean, I can name 20 companies in Houston that I think highly of that I'd be happy to refer people to good work across the board, but who's the best personality fit for this project? Absolutely. I think that's really the key because, you, you know, I mean, we're all different people. So it's, it's finding the person that you, you know, that you can trust because if you don't have trust, you should not be entering into a contract with somebody. So how do you guys engage with people? Uh, if, if, if you get a call to remodel a bathroom or a kitchen or whatever? But what, what's your process? So the first step is always the, you know, tell me a little bit about more about what you're doing. Are we in the right area for you? Uh, you know, most of us have specific geographic areas in which we work. Make sure we don't spread our trades and our people too thin. Tell me a little bit about it. Make sure that we're a good fit before we go out there and meet with you. And then next step is the initial meeting. That's where we come out, see the space, talk to you. Uh, you meet us, we meet you and make sure that we're a good fit together. And then from there, kind of decide whether or not we want to start on the design process together. Yeah. So do you guys do a, a pre-construction or design uh, agreement uh, contract? 
So we do. We do a design. I send out a design proposal, and then from there, there's a design agreement that follows. That's uh, from the Texas Association of Builders. So yeah. standard, standard contracts. I think it's becoming a lot more common uh, today for builders to do that versus getting kind of getting away from the whole free estimate mentality. Um, but I think that people are still kind of wary of that, or, or homeowners are, because they've been conditioned to expect to get a free estimate. They don't want to like chunk down a few thousand dollars without, the, uh, you know, without having a price. So what do you say to those people who are like kind of, you know, scared about doing that? Oh, it's very scary. I I mean, you're trying to buy something. You're you're paying money for something that it's not tangible. You don't know what it's going to be. You don't know what it's going to cost. Are you going to get anything in return that you think is valuable? It's a very scary process. So if somebody's really having, if they're, they're interested, but they're just having a lot of heartburn about starting the design phase, We'll happily take them to a completed project, set them up with referrals, anybody that they want to talk to, uh, try to align them with a client that we think is doing a similar project or has just completed a similar project to them. That way they can see what somebody who's been through it before has to say about it. Because uh, it, it's a, a big leap of faith to just write a check to somebody that you've, you're not, you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, what if I give you a proposal and you say, my budget is 50000 and I go, okay, great. Here's a $200,000 bathroom. I mean, that's terrifying. Right. Setting that budget expectation is kind of the first step is, is, is really the key. Um, because if, if they're expecting a $20,000 bathroom and that's all they can afford, probably not worth even continuing this conversation, right? So having that initial budget conversation is huge. But the other benefit to doing that pre-construction design agreement, whatever you want to call that, um, it, it, it's all about preventing errors in the future, kind of working out all the details now so that we're preventing those errors, preventing those change orders, all that stuff in the future. Just, you know, get it all hashed out, right? Absolutely. We have done projects. I I usually have about one a year that the plan isn't 100%. And and those, I, I call them my fly by the seat of your pants kind of projects. And we, Sometimes that's just the way that it's got to be, but they're always more painful for the clients and for us because it's, it's a bunch of change orders. I mean, you know, we've done projects with 150 change orders and trust me, that's fun for nobody. No. Nobody wants that. Nobody does. They don't like it. They, they called it death by a thousand paper cuts. And I felt the exact same way. Yeah. I mean, it's just, nobody likes it, but. There are times when that makes sense. A bathroom project should not be one of them. A bathroom project, you want it to be fast. You want to go back into your space. You don't want it to be super painful. So what you want is to make sure that you're doing all of that planning beforehand. I want to know what tile you're doing. I want to know what cabinet style we're doing. What's it going to look like? How's it going to function? How many drawers are we doing? Cabinet doors. I want to know all of those details. I like to nail it down, you know, where are we putting your toilet paper holder? I don't want to get yeah. to the end of it and say, I have this rope hook. Where does it go? We don't have <laughs> a wall for it. I mean, because then it's like, well, why did I buy it? Well, I don't know. I gave an example on, on a um, recent recording we did where um, I used the example of, okay, you have a bathroom vanity area, like a wall with a vanity. And on the plans, you've got a cabinet, sink, countertop, and a mirror, right? And a light. Okay, it's on the plans that way, but you know maybe the client has in their mind it's going to be a floating vanity and it's going to be a backlit mirror and it's going to be a wall-mounted sink. But if you don't hash all that out early, you know the plumbing's going to be in the wrong place. The the the, the power's not going to be there for the mirror. The blocking's not going to be there for the vanity. It's like 
hashing all those things out uh, up front is essential, or you're going to have thousands and change orders just on one wall. There's nothing more I hate than when I am going to install a mirror and I find out that the client has purchased a medicine cabinet and I've got right. plumbing running right through there. And it's like, like, I, I mean, it happens. I'm not going to say it never does, but, uh, oh man, preventing that is just, it's worth so much in stress and pain. If you can plan it all beforehand, it just makes everything so much better. And so that's where that, the benefit of, of having a design phase, I, it's hard to put into words oftentimes when you're meeting with someone who's never gone through design about the stress and the headaches that you're going to save someone. Anyone that's been through construction and you say, we like to plan it all out beforehand. They say, where's the line where I sign? I mean, it's, it's so much easier. It's just when you have somebody that's never done a construction project before, oftentimes HGTV gives you that impression that, oh, it's easy. No worries. We'll just you know, do this here and slap some paint on that there and just install that there. And it, it seems it seems really easy until you actually get into it and you think, you know, oh, my goodness, I have a lighted mirror and I don't have power. And now all of that brand new drywall, that is such a pain to have to go through. It's so dusty, so dirty. And I've just cleaned and now I've got to make another hole and then another patch. I mean, it's just... Or there's tile on that wall, <gasps> and now the boxes are set at the wrong depth, and you got to take the tile off to put the right uh, valve in for the wall-mounted faucet. It's like... I'm going to break out into hives just thinking about that. <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience here at all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> what are the big differences between remodeling a bathroom and a new bathroom? I mean, seems it seems obvious, right? Like, you're starting from scratch with a new bathroom, but... What are the big cost drivers of remodeling a bathroom versus just starting from scratch? Uh, so anytime you're moving plumbing, I'm assuming you're talking about like you just a refresh versus clean slate. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime you're moving plumbing, you really got to take into a lot of considerations of how that's going to function. I really like I prefer to rethink about the organization of the bathroom and, and to think what is a way that we can make it function better. Because a lot of bathrooms, you know, if you have like a five by eight standard bathroom, there's one layout that's really going to work there. And there's not a lot of other options that you have. But for for a larger bathroom, you know, a primary bathroom, something like that, there's a lot of different things that you can do in a way that may make more sense for the new person. And I, I really think that those are good, but they do take a lot more consideration because you have to think about how am I running my plumbing? How am I running my venting? All of that kind of thing and make sure that we're um doing that planning before and thinking about everything all the way through because when you have a refresh everything's in the existing location it's already set up for that and so it's a, a remove replace is is it does take less planning i will say um less prep work i mean there's definitely some things that you need to take into consideration uh, if you're trying to reuse a shower door and you're putting in a new tile, you want to make sure that the depth <laughs> of your tile is going to line up for that shower. Or else you're going to be refabricating some glass. Yeah. Um, but overall, I would say there's a, a, there is more planning that goes into, I hope that answers that question. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, you're dealing with, like you said, moving plumbing. So breaking out concrete foundation, if it's on a slab mm -hmm. and just kind of that unknown of, am I going to uncover some hidden damage? If this is a 1950s or 1900s house, what kind of damage, you know, insect, rot, whatever am I going to uncover 
there. And then, and then also kind of the domino effect of now we have to bring things up to code. You know, the, 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 the city is going to say, once you open that one wall up, everything on that wall has got to be code now, even if that's in the adjacent room, right? So you've got that domino effect. What are some other kind of domino effect items that people don't think about um, when they're thinking about a project? So a lot of times I think that people start small and say, I'm going to change out the small finish. I'm going to change out. I, I'm, my bathroom is very brown and I want to make it a little bit cooler tone. Just give me some new tile. Yeah, just just so like I just want to change the shower surround. And it's like, OK, but now we're talking about your shower surround. Is it going to match with your flooring tile? Is it going to match with your paint color? Is it going to match with your wall color? Is it going to match with the finish on your on your um, your shower trim and your faucet and everything? So, I mean, it's it's that kind of small dominant effect design wise that really adds up. But then also, I mean, there is exactly what you're saying about, especially in these older houses. You know, you fix a little bit here, you may create another problem down the line of, you know, wiring or old plumbing or something like that. I mean, it, it, you can you can start to run into some some larger things that come up. Yeah, and if you're just replacing tile, um, it, it seems simple, but it's like, well, if you're doing that, it, it doesn't make any sense to leave that old plumbing valve in the wall. It's like, why would you redo your just the tile in your tub and leave this old 20 year old faucet and shower head? And if you're replacing your trim, does it? fit with that old valve in the wall probably not is it you know the two-handled ones that are i don't even think they're to code anymore no. you can't even get them no so i mean that's a lot of the houses that we work in are older and they do have the the two handles and and then we have to have those conversations where we cannot replace that you you will have to get a new shower trim and valve and all new tile and that might mean repiping that area because it's old galvanized piping and you can't even use it anymore you know or it would be dumb to do this and leave 60-year-old piping in the walls. Exactly. Also, you run into, again, that wall's opened up and that now there's that plumbing. You know, it's pretty common to have two, two bathrooms back-to-back, especially in like a 1950s ranch. You'll have like the primary and the hall bath kind of back-to-back. It's like, okay, well, we're, we're doing this in the, in the primary, but all, all that plumbing's right there for the, for the guest bath too. We should probably go ahead and do that too, right? Yeah, a lot of times we'll run into that where um, we'll do like a repipe of a house and they want to repipe to, that's a fun one, You're talking about domino effect. I want to repipe my house, but I don't want to touch the bathrooms in the kitchen. I don't know how you do that without touching your bathrooms in your kitchen. You're going to have some sort of, especially the bathrooms, um, or I want to repipe through, but I want to leave some in the bathroom. And so you just kind of repipe as close as you can to where you're going to hit tile. And it's just, oh, it's a game, but um, it can, it can really be a domino effect. What are some things that you think that people should consider doing? So if they just want to remodel the bathroom, what are some things that people should consider doing? Whether that's like design components or products or kind of planning for the future, planning for aging. What are some things that people should think about doing? So one of the questions that I always ask is um, if I see that somebody is a little bit older, how long are you planning on living here? Are you, if you're, if you're, you know, the maybe like 60s and up, you know, the first thing that we should be thinking about is herbless. You know, are, are you planning on being here long term? What does that look like for you? Do we need to be considering, maybe not at this stage, but considering 
the larger things that are going to be really hard to do down the line. Um, blocking in the walls for um, any grab bars, grab bars yeah. things like that. Um, the curbless shower, do we have enough clearance for a wheelchair? Can you get a wheelchair through the door into the bathroom? Yeah. I mean, it's these little things that, you know, maybe we're not thinking about wheelchair right this second, but it is a concern that we do need to talk about for the future. Yeah. And and it's just nice to know that we're having these conversations in the beginning because widening a door frame after the fact, again, back to domino effect, that's a that's another thing. Uh, and so it's, I would rather plan for it now during this renovation and then you have to make a few small modifications later down the line. And it's not just the current homeowner. It's it's like maybe their 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 family. It's like do they also maybe have a or do they have an older parent and there's some kind of chance that that parent may have to live with them. And if that happens, which bathroom are they going to use? Do they have access into that? Yeah, so the the door frame thing, it seems like it might be simple to widen the door frame. You know, you're going from a 24 inch door to a 36 inch door. It's, you know, it's just a foot, right? Well, you've got maybe light, you know, light switches. You've got the flooring on both sides of it. There's a lot of factors there that, that can, that can make a, just replacing a door a not so easy task. And I mean, even something as simple, this is a, a one thing that, that tends to blow the minds of people when you're talking about just drywall repairs on the other side of the wall. I can't just touch up that one section of paint. No, we're talking about painting that entire wall. And now if we paint that entire wall, what is that going to look like with the other wall next to it? And so if your paint's older, if you haven't painted your house in 15, 20 years, which a lot of my clients haven't, we should probably just paint the whole room. And so, I mean, it's, it's not so simple as just like, oh, I'm going to just open this door frame and just fix the flooring right there and it'll be fine. No, okay, we're, we're working on the other side too. So now we got to talk about you know, painting that entire room. So especially if they're living in that room, it's like, okay, no, I'm going to need you to be out of your bedroom for days. Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes, you can just touch up that one little spot, but are you going to, are, are you going to like what it looks like? You know? I, <laughs> I, I have to have somebody really convince me to let me do that because I just, well, your name is going to be on it. Absolutely. I don't, I don't want somebody to walk in and somebody is like, Oh, who did your bathroom? I mean, no, no. Right. Please don't tell them. <laughs> I'm just saying technically you could do you, it that way. You can. And, that some, is, and some companies might do it that way. I'm sure somebody out there would. Um, but I, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Right. We've talked about a lot of different things here, but, you know, the, the sep- this episode is really supposed to be about cost. Sure. Um, if, if someone calls you and just asks, hey, what's a cost range to remodel um, a, ma- a master bath or a guest bath or a powder bath? I mean, is there even a starting point that you can give them? Or, I mean, I, I know the question is like, what do you want to spend on this or what can you spend on this? But is there a starting point that you can give people? Yes, to an extent. Um, powder baths. If somebody said, I want to do a powder bath, I, I have no point in which I can start because I don't, I have never priced out a powder bathroom by itself. I just don't do that. I always tack them on to another project. And that's always the best way to do it because it's so Such much more cost space. effective. And so that's the conversation that I have to have with people is if you want to talk about, you know, a hall bathroom, your kid's bathroom. I mean, the last time I priced them out, I mean, we're talking 40, 50,000 for a hall bathroom. And it sounds like that's crazy. Yes, but there's so much that goes into it that the price per square foot on a bathroom just gets really wild. 
Now, what's crazy to me is that if you tack that hall bathroom onto another project, the cost savings can bring that down. And then, then we're talking about, you know, a $20,000 bathroom. If I'm also doing a kitchen that's 150, yeah, I can do the bathroom for, for maybe 20. I mean, then it makes more sense because I've already got them out there. Yeah, the same trades people are already on site doing other things. There's some economy of scale there. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, bathrooms and, and kitchens too. But uh, bathrooms, because of their size, are like one of the highest cost per square foot rooms in the house Ugh, because you've got yeah. every single trade in a sometimes like like you said a five by eight or a you know six by twelve space. Every single person that's working on the house is working in that bathroom, and so it's a very high cost per foot space. And there's a lot of like back and forth too. So it's not just like they they come in one day, they do a thing. They're there for a day and then they leave. That's that's their best way to work. It's, you know, I come in for, you know, an hour or two and do some work and then I leave and I have to factor in travel time and I have to factor in probably an extra trip or two because bathrooms sometimes require that because there's such a small space. You can't have multiple people in there working unless it's a larger bathroom. Um, and so they're factoring in that too. So what should theoretically cost them a lot less when you think about it, ends up costing them a lot more and they they don't want to eat that. So they make sure to pass it along Yeah, so kindly. Uh, and it just really drives up the price pretty quick. And some of that's just driven by the like the, the city or, or the inspections too. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, yeah. we in the trades don't want to do it that way, but it, it's like the, with the city inspections, it's like take one small step, wait, one small step, wait, right? And those inspectors, they don't give you a set time. They give you a, a range and, and sometimes uh, it's just, you know, we'll get back to you. Yeah. So you're going to lose a day, right? If that inspection is, you know, quote unquote, in the morning, they might not show up to lunchtime almost. And, you know, we can't expect the trade to sit around half a day waiting uh, and then hop right back onto the job site. No, you, you pretty much killed that day waiting for one small item to be inspected. Like, one wall of insulation and we just killed a day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Makes your schedule really difficult. Yeah. I guess back to my question. It is, you know, if Smarty just called you and said, hall bath, is there a starting point? Or if there's not, that's okay too. But is there a starting point where you would say, and you don't have to give me a number necessarily, but is there a starting point that you would normally give people when they call? For a hall bath, I usually just say, I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't really make sense for you to hire me for a hall bathroom because there are they are so expensive for what people want to pay. I mean, unless somebody, unless we have that conversation and say, you know, normally it's, it's going to be 40 or more. Then if they say, okay, that's fine. Okay, great. I'd love to meet with you. But most people don't really want to spend that. And that makes sense. I, I totally understand. Um, but for me, the way that I work, I have all specialty trades. I don't, I don't have somebody that does, you know, insulation, electrical, carpentry, yep. and tile. Like those are four separate people yep. for me. And so I have to pay four separate companies for that. And so, you know, that's where it starts to get really, it, it starts to really add up. And then you're paying me to manage it on top of that. And so, yeah, I mean, really we're starting at probably 40 for a hall bathroom by itself. And then uh, primary bathrooms, they can really range in size. And so yeah. it can be, you know, 50 to, to 200. Yeah, exactly. I think the better conversation, like you said, is if you want to do that hall bath, uh, what else can we combine? What other projects are you thinking about? Have you been dreaming you know, of, of doing in the house, even if it's just painting the whole house or 
you know, what else can we combine with this to gain some economy of scale, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I find uh, tacking it on with a kitchen tends to be the best way. For yeah, me all the same trades. Get, yeah, it's all the same trades and they're there for longer and uh, it just, it helps get that price way down. So on your on your contracts, do you do a uh, fixed cost or do you, you do a cost plus or how, how do y'all operate? No, we're fixed price. Um, I, I don't like a lot of surprises. So like we talked about planning, I know that my clients also don't want surprises. So I don't like to operate under a cost plus. Um, I do in extremely rare situations um, do a, a time and materials for a past client who has worked with us and knows us. Uh, but I, I like to do fixed price because I find that our clients like it better when I say this will cost this much. And because we've been doing this for a while, our trades have been doing this for a while. We know kind of what to expect. And we tend to work in the same era of houses. So I know if I'm working in a pure and beam twenties house, okay, things I need to be concerned about, especially are, you know, the unforeseen, um, you know, the rotted subfloors tend to be a big one. Um, so that's just something that knob and tube wiring. I mean, that's almost a given. <laughs> I just assume. Yeah. If it's been remodeled in the past, maybe not. But yeah. I just assume we've got out of date and in older houses, unless they say we have updated wiring. And a lot of times I'm moving wiring around. So I'm running new wires anyway. But um, no, just kind of assuming there's knob and tube in an older home that there's going to be, you know, older, you know, galvanized pipes a lot of times, um, the cast iron drains, you know things like that. They're just, they're just expected. Well, hopefully we, hopefully we answered a little bit of that. What does it cost? Um, although I think we kind of skirted it a little bit, which is okay. It's so hard to say. And, uh, and actually we've done this, what does it cost for several things, you know, new custom homes, uh, whole house renovations. Really the gist of it is it's, it's whatever you want it to be. It's what do you want to spend on the project? And then, you know, let your team tailor tailor that project to what it is that you can or want to spend, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's that's really where design is a, a big thing because a lot of times people don't know. They have an idea of what they want to spend based on what a friend told them. And spoiler alert, your friends lie because they don't want to tell you how much they actually spent on it. Right. Uh, or they they come up with it from HGTV, which again <laughs> is all lies. They get donated labor and donated yeah. materials. What did Chip and or, Joe do that house for? Absolutely. I I would I would love whoever they're using for their jobs to come in and help me with mine because yeah. apparently I want their subs. <laughs> right. I I don't know. I mean, it doesn't even cover the cost of materials, what they're saying. So I don't I don't know. Um <laughs> Chip and Joe, if you're watching us, uh, you know, we're not trying to insult you. No, I'm sorry. I'm I don't mean anything, but uh no, it's just I mean, it's just the nature of you know, show business that they're not going to necessarily give you the the real story because it's not sexy. Um, and that's just the unfortunate matter. But so one thing that we really like to do is give you um, people say they always want to come in with the lowest number. They always want to say, I want to spend the least amount possible. Makes sense. Yeah, all of us do. Absolutely. I always want a good deal, too. But sometimes it's more about, OK, here's your good deal. Now, let me show you an option that is a little bit outside of your comfort zone. So you tell me, I want to spend 40 on my my bathroom. Okay, here, this is a $40,000 option. What if you spent 55? This is what your house could look like. And then we like to do one where it's like, I realize that you want to spend 40, but if you spent 80, 
<laughs> look at what you can do here. Yeah. And and a lot of times, I mean, I've had many clients be like, oh, I didn't even know that was possible. Absolutely. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Because they they don't know how to come up with a budget number. And when they see what they can get for a certain number, they're like, oh, my goodness, this is you mean I could be living in a spa for $80,000? Absolutely. I'm never leaving my bathroom ever again. <laughs> but really what it comes down to is is just knowing what that money is going to get you. And for just a little bit more, this is what you could have. And just having that information available yeah. to you to help you make your decision. Because the last thing that I want is for you to come in and say, I want to spend 40 knowing in the back of your mind, you're going to try to upcharge me. So I'm going to tell you 40. So that way you come in at 60 or wherever it is. And, and you hold back. Whereas what if I told you it was going to be, you know, give you a little bit more for that and show you what we can really do with the number that you're actually comfortable spending. Yeah. So it's like good, better, best. Absolutely. Options. And if you're, if, if you're really at 40, if you, if you need good, great. It's going to, it's going to be good. Right. Mm -hmm. But at least we're presenting you these options of, you know, let's dream about what this could be. Mm hmm. And really the layout is a huge thing. I mean, it's just a lot of people have a hard time envisioning what you can really do with your space or because you've lived in it so long, you just think this is the way that we can fix it. But as somebody that's never lived there, I'm going to come up with many different options of, of different ways that we can improve your life. How do you guys help people visualize that? Do you, do you guys do 3D renderings at all or what do y'all do? So we do. We have the floor plan because it's helpful to see. And then we also do the 3D rendering. And that way you can we use Chief Architect. You can walk through the space. You can you can see what it looks like. You get your renderings. You you can I, I love the feature where you can walk through the door. That's my favorite one. So especially in a bathroom, I want to know when I walk through that door, what am I gonna see? What is that? A lot of times you know, you want your statement right there. So what does it look like when I open that door? I see this gorgeous freestanding tub with this beautiful tile around it or this amazing shower that can fit six people i don't i don't no one wants six people in their bathroom but i want to not touch the walls at all i mean you know whatever this client is really excited about you know what whatever's driving this project uh yeah i want to show them and it might be hey all the kids are piled in there who knows i mean yeah i mean i i, I like the idea of kind of creating this picture in your mind of what could the space look like? Not just the space, but what does my family look like in the space? Mm -hmm. Like envision us using it and how do we enjoy it? You know, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, envision taking a, a, a 45 minute bath in that giant soaking tub. Exactly. And I mean, there's some really cool new software. I haven't tried it out yet, but I'm very interested in it. That's, that's, you're able to, um, there's a couple of places in the city now where you can actually lay your floor plans down. Authenticus. Yeah. I'm, so excited about this this yeah. is a thing i mean it just seems we're going amazing. there next week actually i'm excited for that oh man it's it's on my to-do list it seems really really cool i mean just the technology that we have to be able to just lay it down and you want to talk about really walking through a floor plan i mean that's yeah i that's think they it. like project the floor plan on the whole floor of the warehouse and they even have like, like some vr goggles that you can put on so like, like you're walking through the space amazing amazing it's so hard to visualize especially on a flat 2d plan i mean to really walk to actually physically walk through the space it's incredible well I, th I think that's about all we have for for today um i appreciate you coming yeah thanks for having me um why don't you tell everybody if they want to work with Graymark, how do they reach you you know your website your social media all that kind of stuff sure so we're um we're actually unveiling a new website in the short in the near future Ooh. uh which is really exciting which by the time this comes out maybe it's live oh 
Yes, it will be. A couple, couple months out, maybe? Okay, so it'll be graymark.com. We're um, rebranding away from construction and into design build, um, which is really exciting for us. So um, our phone number we've had since the 90s, 713-722-7226. It's kind of a fun one. Um, and uh, graymark.com. Um, our social media is uh, shifting a little bit, but uh, with the new rebranding but um you can always catch us on email to kelly k-e-l-l-y at graymarkconstruction.com that'll still feed into my uh my new at graymark.com email stay live for a while yeah yeah awesome well thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll be sure and link all your stuff on our show notes on the podcast and also on the the uh, notes in youtube as well so they can find you great thank you and if you have any questions about uh, this episode for me or Kelly, be sure and send those to us at podcast at yourprojectshepherd.com. And we'll do a Q&A episode at the end of the season to, to talk about all that. Or if you want to email us something for Kelly, I'm happy to forward it to her as well. Um, so just remember that we talked about that simple drawing of a house. I bring this up all the time because it's so important. Uh, that drawing shows the foundation, that line on the bottom is uh, proper planning. The left wall is your team. The right wall is communication, and the roof that protects it all is proper execution. If you have all of those components, your project will succeed. So be sure and join us next time, um, and uh, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Your Project Shepherd podcast. Mm-hmm.